This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. I'm Jessica Aidy. And I'm Maddie Nixon. And this is Australiana Rama. This is a history and pop culture podcast with new episodes every week. Join us as we take turns to research a topic that has shaped the nation. Sometimes we'll find out about some kitschy weird thing that's unique to Australia. Sometimes we'll unlearn the cooked things we read in dodgy textbooks in the school library. Other times we'll review the canon of Australian film and literature, such as the cultural impact of Kath and Kim. Warning, in this episode, there are some sweary swears. And some large birds. The things that happened in this episode occurred in the lands of the Nudgy Nudgy Noongar people. Well, let's get to it. All right. Jessica Elspeth. Madeline Joy. Are you ready to hear about a war? A great I war. I don't know. <laughs> A great war, a big war, the one and only emu war. Let's find out. How much do you know already? Mm, do you well, know I anything? Know, Don't like, give I us know spoilers, but just a that scope. There was an emu war yep. in Australia. Yeah. People versus emu. Yeah. And I know who won. Okay. I think most people know. Some people but- don't know who won. Exactly. So let's leave it. I won't say. But yeah, so that's what I know. I know that there is a Wikipedia article about it. So it's a real thing. You are going to learn so much. All right. Because I've definitely, (laughs) I haven't delved any further than the Wikipedia article. So. All right. Amazing. World War One, where we start our scene, not the war we'll be focusing on. World War One has just finished. We're done. Mm -hmm. Everything is looking gravy we've just finished a war everyone's back home things are good australian exports however fall drastically because of the war obvious reasons it's hard to move boats around during a war Hmm. so the government is desperate all right trade is low and we need to sell a lot more shit we've finished a war the war cost money we have nothing to sell We're making no money. It's a bit cooked. Mm. So back then, the variety of things we traded was much more limited compared to now. So think wool, wheat, butter, almost all agricultural, almost all butter. Yeah. Interesting. I was just going to ask, like, what were the things that we traded there? Yeah. Butter was one of them. And it was almost all agricultural and all to the British Empire. Hmm. Yeah, so very different to now when we have like mining, education, tourism. We trade to Asia because we are close to Asia, X, Y, Z. So you can imagine that back then like a massive war, limiting access to the British Empire was not an ideal Mm. situation. Shit's not good. No one's buying our stuff. Therefore, we have no money. So the government, being super smart, Mm -hmm. has a plan. Great. This is where I tell truly begins (laughs) 
All right. So post World War One, we have nothing to do, and a bunch of soldiers come back needing things to do. They are given large chunks of land for farming, mm-hmm. often in the middle of nowhere. Um, this is called the Soldier Settlement Scheme. So the Soldier Settlement Scheme began to be rolled out across regional and remote areas and eventually gave over 5,000 soldiers plots of land. Okay. What, where, mm-hmm. did they, where did they acquire these plots of land? Um, definitely in the middle of Australia and definitely probably with not a lot of consultation with the mm, traditional with the, custodians of the land. They were probably yeah. still using it. Yep. So, you know, quote, unquote, middle of nowhere, but actually probably quite significant. Anyway, so this is predominantly to farm wheat because we're keen to sell wheat to countries that can't grow it because we are basically a giant solar panel so we can grow a shit ton of wheat. There you go. So as a side note, a lot of the places that they chose to put these schemes were actually marginal seats as well, something that we've never heard of and something that definitely hasn't happened recently. So towns are established between 1920 and 1929 and they continue to farm during the 30s. All right? So Mm -hmm. one of these places was called Campion in Western Australia. Three hours east of Perth, this town was established almost entirely for this scheme, nothing else. So they literally just, like, create this town to farm wool for ex-soldiers. Remember this town because we'll come back to it. There's a little bit of, like, political stuff that actually, like, the Emu War, big Mm. political time, all right? Interesting. to recap, World War I happened, life is bad. It ends. Life is good again, but we need to figure out how to sell shit. We do that. The Roaring Twenties are excellent. We're selling all this wheat. Mm-hmm. We hit the 22nd of November, 1929. James Scullin, who is the leader of the Australian Labor Party, Scullin. is sworn Scullin. Is he so good Scullin at Scullin beers? Yeah. Yeah, James loves a frothy. Absolutely, 100%. Classic Labor Party, James. Like, he's there. He's ready to go. So he's okay, so sworn Jimbo skulls a lot. Jimbo's, Jimbo Skullsy. That's what we're going to call him. Cool. James Jimbo Skullsy Scullin. Uh, he's sworn in as Prime Minister on the 22nd of October. His election was the largest majority the Labor Party have ever had. It was a huge deal. It said that Scullin came to Canberra among rapturous applause from his supporters. It's an absolute fucking party. People are stoked. Mm, interesting. Two days later, two whole days later, Wall Street crashes triggering the Great Depression. <laughs> Scullo. Scullo. Scullo Scullin. So it's like <laughs> everything's great, everything's prosperous, the soldiers have wheat farms, we're selling wheat, everything's going real good, Labor Party's in. Depression. It's it's not good. So <laughs> so this is this is important to know because historically, when Australia hits a recession, we go conservative. Mm. Okay, so we've gone quite progressive, and then we're like, oh no, we're scared. 
we're going to go conservative again. Cough, cough, 2008, cough, cough, <clears throat> right now. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 2020. Mm. All right. So, of course, we jump three years later to the next election. James Scullo, Scullin, a.k.a. Mr. Labor, loses big time. Oh, <laughs> like Scullsy. Absolute big time. Like he... He does the opposite of Stephen Bradbury. Like he wins and then he just absolutely dives. Like he's done. Oh. Yeah. It's not a, gone. It's it's not good. Absolute scone. A burnt scone. So <laughs> this this other bloke who becomes quite important, uh, Joseph Lyons is elected and he wins by a landslide. So we've gone mm. like real conservative. Was that now, just Lyons? Is that what his name mm, is? Lyons. I've never heard of any of these looks, so this is yeah, I'm learning well, something already. It's he's a big one. Okay. And this is why. So Jojo. there's a there's a bit of beef between Jojo and Scullo. Jojo the cat. <laughs> Jojo the cat, Jojo the thieving cat yeah. and Scullo Scullin. Alright? So Lyons had previously been a Labour member. Mm. Juicy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Until a faction was created in the party where a group of conservatives mem- conservative members who happened to be very critical of Labor's handling of the Great Depression split from the party and formed their own party called the United Oz Party. This is the party that the new PM, Jojo Lyons, leads. Mm. It's important because plot twist further down the track after this tale, after the Emu War, the United Oz Party is folded into a party called the Liberal Party of Australia, which, as we know, went on to become the dominant centre-right party of the nation. Interesting. The Emu War is in the middle of it all. Is it literally the United Oz Party or is it the United Australia Party and Oz is shortened? United Australia, but... It's often referred Echo. to as United Oz. United Oz. Okay. AUS, not OZ. Wizard mm. of. Jojo the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is really important. Like Great Depression, mm. blah, blah, blah. We go super conservative to the point where we pave the way for the Conservative Party to come. And the EMU war happens like right smack bang in the middle of this and is a major fight in the middle of this. Fucking wow. EMUs, man. Yeah. Mm. So my point is we're doing well financially. We're sending ex-soldiers out, Wall Street crashes, we can serve, we elect a conservative leader because we're all a bit sad and sorry. I know this is an audio medium, but another thing you're doing is an emu with your hand to punctuate the sentences. Just for the listeners, she's got full emu hand. So just imagine that and then I'm listening more. It's true. I didn't realise I was doing it, but now that you say it, he's now kind of underneath. I'm glad. No, I think it's good. I just, wanted everyone, I just wanted everyone to know. <laughs> it's right. important. Emu right. in the middle, political turmoil. Yeah, so cut back to Campion in the middle of WA. Yes. The desert. Mm-hmm. During all of this political pharma, uh, oh, I'll do that one again. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> During- <laughs> I'm keeping this in, so. Uh, okay. During all of this political drama, the farmers, the ex-veterans in WA are still doing their thing, 
but it's getting really, really hard. The Great Depression naturally causes wheat prices to plummet, and in response to this, the governments promised subsidies for wheat, but they did not follow through. The farmers are pissed. Mm, Fair enough. And then enter the emus. (laughs) If we had an audio-like sound effect, it would be like boom, 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 boom. Anyway, so enter the emus. Have you ever seen that video of like a guy, he's standing in like a dusty road and there's a bunch of emus and like they run from him and then he lies down, puts his legs in the air and they come and investigate and they're like, what's this? And then he stands up and they freak out and then he lies back down and look at his, they're just, they're they're very curious creatures. They're a special breed of Mm. bird. Very big chickens. Yeah. Similar level of intelligence, but very special birds <laughs> um, to this land. Okay, so naturally, the cleared land and abundant water supplies on the new farms are very inviting conditions for emus. So, the we're basically em- building a big old emu hotel in a time where humans couldn't even afford their own hotel. <laughs> it's really good. So, nicknamed Bush Chooks. Emus were becoming less of a nuisance and more of a big fuck-off problem. They're eating and trampling crops and destroying fences. They're just tearing shit up. This leads to other vermin, such as rabbits, to come and hang out as well. So the emus are having a party. They're inviting all of their friends. (laughs) It's no good. They're basically turning wheat farms into like emu frat houses for bunny orgies. It's like really, really bad and they can't grow any wheat. It's not ideal. So the emu was a protected species at the Mm -hmm. time, rightfully so. They were here first until the 20s. So Ah. after a significant lobbying from farmers, they were officially reclassified as vermin, which meant that we were allowed to kill them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You can see where this is going. Mm. Um, not by good for the bush chooks. It's not good. Yeah, it's a good band name though, bush yeah. chooks. But we're having anyway. chicken tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever eaten emu? Actually, I thought you were going to say, "Have you ever eaten chicken tonight?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> At Grandma Feel Jean's. Like chicken tonight. <laughs> That's what I associate with it. <laughs> with my grandma. Yeah, your um, grandma. It <laughs> was yeah, the she, first time she, I had it. Yeah. It was good. No, it was I've like a mustard, eaten a lot of honey mustard one. Yeah, chicken tonight. Um, but have you <laughs> have you ever eaten <laughs> emu? Yeah, I have. I think I've eaten most mm. of the animals you're the allowed emblem. to eat. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, it, well, I feel like it was just kind of a, like a bit like a steak. It was like yeah. a like a thinner steak, it's which is surprising because it's a bird. Yeah, yeah. It's like kind of gamey, but not yeah super gamey. Hmm. Didn't mind it. <laughs> like a giant pheasant. I've never had pheasant. Well, there you go. Next time you have pheasant, you'll be like, oh, it's like emu, like a small emu. But you'll be in the UK, and they'll be like, are you okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you alright, uh, madam? Um, Okay. So, by 1932, a population of (laughs) 20,000 emus live in the town of Campion. (laughs) In the town of 
of Campion. Yeah, in the the district, the district, but still. How, but like, that's what seems like a lot of emus. It's I can't even picture twenty thousand emus. <laughs> like, try and picture them, you just get overwhelmed. Like twenty thousand mm. small birds, like twenty thousand budgies. Is too, that's many, still, too many. That's still too many budgies. But twenty thousand emus. Wow. It's many. Mm. <laughs> uh, if you forget everything else, remember that. 20,000 emus in the town of Campion. Yeah. So farmers can't access the ammunition and weapons needed to kill all these emus and are now pressuring the government to step in. So there's definitely a sense of like, you made us move here, you made us build these farms, you said you would subsidise these farms, you didn't. Now it's all a bit fucked. What are you going to do about it? So mm. the pressure amounts. Yeah. And what are they asking to... for? Like what, what well, do they think? Like, oh, are you going to tell me? Okay. Yeah. So remember we've elected a conservative government who said like their whole thing was that they were going to rebuild after the Great Depression. That was their mm-hmm. whole election campaign. And these farmers are like, well, you haven't. It's really, really shit. So the pressure is quite large. Mm. The emus have a lot of political clout and a lot of leverage. Well, they've got the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did say and they're in marginal a, seats. A, a sw- they're in marginal seat, a swing mm. seat. So the emus are really, they're showing up to the ballots there. How many people lived in Campion at the time? Not many. Not many. It's sort of not, not 20,000. Well, they built it for this purpose. Mm. So unless they convinced yeah. 20,000 people to go. No. So they're out I don't even know if we had 20,000 people in Australia. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if they have 20,000 people in WA now, do they? I've, I've never uh, been there. We're not allowed. Can't confirm. So. No, we're no. not. We'll ask, we'll ask someone. If you know, please yeah. call 1-800-WA-HOTLINE. <laughs> All right. So, they're, Matt, they're putting pressure on because they want government support and the government support they want is ammunition and help from the military, <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. So what do they do about it? Well, they did what any well-behaved, God-fearing conservative government would do in a time of national crisis. They send the military. (laughs) (laughs) Great. This is what they've trained for, surely. Yeah. Yeah. So George Pence deploys the military to settle things once and for all. Mm -hmm. On the 2nd of November, 1932, the battle begins. Um, do we know, like, how? Like, do is there a, like, what, 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 what occurred? Did they just? Yeah, I'm about, I'm about to tell you. Okay. We good. have logs. Like, we have, mm. this was logged. This was reported. This was a mm. national event. Wow. Yeah. I'm not kidding when I say it was actually a thing. <laughs> mm. Like, yeah, you, like you could have, you know. Open your newspaper because you'd probably read the newspaper and it would yeah. be Yeah, it was in. Emu. I've got quotes from the <gasps> newspapers. Wow. It's a special treat for later. Okay. I'm if ready. you listen to your story, okay. you'll get a treat. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I regret saying that. I don't know if that'll sound creepy on audio or not. Anyway, all right. Yeah, moving on. Oh, good. I just, sorry, my phone just buzzed. I got an email about koalas, which I thought was quite funny. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Um, Actually, no, that's for later. All right. So 
on the 2nd of November 1932, the battle begins. Troops <laughs> led by Major GPW Meredith of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery. Is this travel- the Emus or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got lots of he's got lots of medals. I think he's got a Victoria Cross, actually. Oh. Um, they travel to the- <laughs> <laughs> that bird's got wings. I tell you, he's gonna go places. Um, they travel to the district of Campion with the intent of taking on a group of fifty birds. Fifty, you say five zero? Yeah. How have they? But also. Oh, they knew there They're was in a little group of gangs. 50. Okay, all right. They're in little flocks. I see. Yeah. Um, 50 is still a lot of emus. That's it. You go 50 out of 20,000, that's child's play, and then you remember what 50 emus would yeah. be. Or what one emu is. Yeah. One that's emu still is too quite, many. quite a chaotic presence. Yeah. Like I think of controlling a grade 7 class of 30 in wet weather lunch and I get stressed, let alone 50 emus. Mm. with political clout. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they're going to go. Sorry, I was just get... visualising like emus in like just like in a primary school in and they're school. like wearing the yeah, uniform and yeah. During wet weather lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to watch a movie. Uh, yeah. No, I had Connect Four. Um, anyway, emus love Connect Four. It's a fact. Mm. So they strategically place themselves behind the birds hoping to flank from behind. They load their weapons and they open fire. However, (laughs) the birds surprise them, chaotically outrunning the bullets by scrambling in multiple directions, making them an impossible target. Mm -hmm. Shocked and stunned, the troops' efforts are not successful. Two days later, yep. What do you mean shocked and stunned? Like, have they never <laughs> – I don't think an emu – like, if I think of how an emu is going to – you know, they're sitting there if they want to take off at speed. I don't visualise that as like a – quite a seamless. They're it not, feels like, like – Yeah, they're not Like swans. a scramble. It's like maybe, you know, like yeah. if they were on ice, it would be the same thing, you know, like a cartoon. Yeah. Have these boys never seen an emu maybe? Potentially not. They could have city been city slicker soldiers. Mm. They could have been anyway. recent poems. Yeah. Um, okay. So that happens. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's no good. It's no good. No. So, two days later, they try again. The gunners hide themselves, hoping to have another shot. This time, one thousand emus are in sight. So they've stepped up, and the troops are ready to settle the score. That's. I just, I'm trying to visualize, just trying to imagine a thousand emus. And I mean, I've seen a school oval. Mm. Or like, I'm imagining that they're all sitting in one of the theaters at the Opera House, the one that's around a thousand in the the Joan Sutherland Theater. They're there to watch the ballet. I can see all the emus. That's a lot of emus. Outside. Mm. There's so many. Yeah. So they're there. They open fire, they kill about 10 emus, but suddenly the machine gun jams, rendering it useless, and the birds scatter once more. 
Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not going well. Mm-hmm. It's not going well. Here is a quote from a soldier that was in a newspaper from the time while we excellent. were covering the battle. Oh, this is quite excellent. The emus have proved that they are not so stupid as they are usually considered to be. Each mob has its leader. Always an enormous black plumbed bird standing fully six feet high who keeps watch while his fellows busy themselves with the wheat. At the first suspicious sign, he gives the signal, which I imagine to be like a... And dozens of heads stretch up out of the crop. A few birds will take fright, starting a headlong stampede for the scrub, the leader always remaining until his followers have reached safety. Wow. That's really evocative. Yeah. Mm. He's got some strong feelings about those birds. He is done, but Mm. he also wants to write a poem. Yeah. Like, did he go on to write Chicken Run, the iconic (laughs) film? (laughs) (laughs) Potentially. There's some similarities. Potentially. He's like, I've seen some shit and I need to work through it through art. Mm. These birds are organised. Yeah. They are organized. Six feet tall. That is. Yeah. I, I'm five feet. Mm. And that's a bird that's bigger than me. It's a big bird. It's no good. So, our good friend, Major Meredith, and his troops continue to try different tactics. They mount guns onto trucks. They manage to kill some birds, but aiming is obviously difficult while moving in a vehicle. <laughs> so, they kill some. However,. <laughs> One cheeky bastard that they knock down. So it's recently gunned down in the path of the vehicle, becomes jammed into the wheels and the steering equipment, causing the truck to crash <laughs> oh, into no. a fence. So emu in wheel, yeah. in vehicle. Yeah. And they damage Amazing. someone's fence. So the troops use over 2,500 rounds of ammunition to kill a total of somewhere between 50 and 200 birds, depending who you ask. So 200 out of Mm -hmm. 20,000. Maximum is what they've. That's like 1%. It's Mm. not going well. So a second campaign is launched later that month on the 13th of November, a really good date to start something that's going well. Slightly more successful they end up managing to kill about 100 emus a week. However, they do the maths and our friend Major Meredith realises that it took at least 10 bullets to kill each emu, let alone the ones that they didn't even hit. So (laughs) after this realisation, the government commands Meredith and his troops to retreat, losing the battle. Lasting less than a month on the battlefield, they do so. They leave. That's a lot of bullets. Yeah. Yeah. So officially, although no human lives were lost on the side of the Australian army, weighing up the financial cost and the resource burden of the war effort versus the small dent in the emu population, the emus are declared victorious. The emus win the war. Just, a, just give a hand. hand Everyone claps for the emus. 
Yep. So naturally the media has a field day. Um, mm. The government opt to giving farmers ammunition and put a bounty on emus to encourage their deaths. This lasts a little while, but it's not effective enough to kill the population. So to this day, the emus thrive <laughs> in flocks of thousands all across Australia, as they bloody should. The emus are yet again a protected species and can only be culled on private property and under license. So as we mentioned earlier, you can eat emu as well as their mm. friend, the kangaroo, both featured on the coat of arms, but mm. no longer are they being hunted by the military or readily treated as pests. Um, Good. Yeah, which is great. Like, mm. no, just don't don't be killing emus. No. They'll probably win. Um, the District of Campion, the site of the Great War, is now abandoned. Have the emus <laughs> abandoned or just the people? Well, I look, it's not confirmed, but I like to think the emus have taken over and are having a bloody good time. Maybe there is a primary school full of emus. Like we Surely. <laughs> yeah, they're running a little emu hotel. They've got a little emu grocery store. They're driving little emu cars. It's great. But yeah, the emus like well into everyone. Yeah, to the point where else. the people don't live there anymore. It's a ghost town. I would like to end on a quote by Major Meredith himself. I'm ready. Yeah. Is Meredith the if last we... name or first name? That's his last name. I mean, but we can pretend. Good old Mary. And Mary once said... <sighs> If we had a military division with the bullet-carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world. They can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. And that is the emu war. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not only did we lose, but it was like a linchpin in a <laughs> political war as well as an actual war. Yeah. Wow. Some great quotes to the media too. People know how to yeah. spin a yarn. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I should acknowledge my references, which are Scientific America, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, Australian Geographic and good old Wikipedia. Stunning. Stunning, mm. stunning. Great. All right. Well, Bush Chooks, victorious. Bush Chooks, off the hooks. That's the second album. Victorious is their first. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been good. It's been great. I learned something about a bird, so. We had a laugh. We did it. Done. I'll see you next gonna, time. Yeah, farewell. We release episodes weekly, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Australianorama, or you can email us at australianorama at gmail.com. Cheers.